Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Tonight, we are glad that you are here. If you don't know me, my name is Josh, and I am one of the pastors here at Branch Life. And tonight, we just want to welcome you home. We're in part two of our Welcome Home series. And whether you like it or not, your home is known for something. So we are talking about what we want our home, our church, to be known for. Whether you're a part of Branch Life Church and you are a part of this family, whether you're visiting our home or whether someday you're going to be adopted into our home, it matters to us. And we are talking about what we, what values we together get to make visible. What our home should be known for. What matters to us as a family. You know, there's no place like home. And home is where you should be the most comfortable. Home is one of those places where we get rest. And when you invite people into your home, into your your life, into your environment, into your space, into your setting, you want them to be equally comfortable. You want them to be able to rest and you want them to feel at home. So over the next few nights we're going to be together, we're going to highlight six values of our church, six things that really matter to us because we really believe they matter to God. And we've started with the verse John 3:16 to demonstrate some of these values. John 3:16 is the most famous verse in all of the world, for God so loved the world, if you know it, you can say it with me, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We start looking at these words that were used by Jesus himself talking to a religious person and showing him the awesome news about the Son of God being sent to save mankind. There's, there's at least five values that pop up in this verse. And this isn't the only place they show up in the Bible, but this is a great conversation to see them. The first thing that pops up is cultural connection, connecting the truth to the world, getting Getting the message out today, in today's culture, in today's environment, in today's space, in today's world. God loved the world. He was for the world. He cared about connecting every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. He cared so much that he gave. That shows us the second value of radical generosity. Not just a little generosity, not just a a, a little bit of open-handedness, but all in generosity. What did he give? He gave his one and only son. Man, that's radical. And then in the Son, we see a third value, truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We value truth. So we value a connection to Christ. We value the words of Jesus and the word of God, and that matters to us in our home. You travel a little bit farther, you see the invitation is open to whosoever. We believe we are better together. The more people that God brings, the more diversity that we are able to represent, the stronger we become. Whoever, no matter your creed, your nationality, your tongue, your status, the neighborhood you live in is welcome. And so at Branch Life Church, all are welcome. 
We believe we're better together. That's what we want our home to be known for, is unity, beauty and diversity. Coming together, whosoever believes, multiplication, more disciples coming to know Jesus, more people becoming followers of Jesus, more people believing in the name of Jesus Christ. These are the things that we're gonna dive into over the next few weeks. So I hope that you join us. I hope that you'll be a part of it. I think it'll be encouraging to your soul. But before we go in depth into any of these values, we wanna talk about a sixth value. We wanna talk about a value that is particularly powerful and particularly important. As a matter of fact, this value is the first one we're going to be talking about because without it, none of the rest matter. If you're able to do this one thing, to live out this one value, if you're able to make this one value visible, you will change your life. You will change the life of your family. You will change the life of your church. You will change the world. If you just live out this one value. And as a church, my greatest fear is that we lose touch with this value. And I never want us to lose a passion for the value that we're gonna talk about tonight. And so tonight, we're gonna do a little bit of talking, and then we're gonna do some more doing. And I'm gonna invite all of you to live out this value together. We're home together in this place. Tonight, we are family. And tonight, in our house, we're gonna live out this value in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanna invite you to rest tonight just talked about a series called Rest, and we believe the church, a relationship with Jesus, connecting with Jesus, should be the place where you find the most rest. Like a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after Jesus. Tonight, take a long, cold drink of water. If you're here tonight and you're a little beat up, if you're a little bit stressed, if you're a little bit sad, if you're a little bit sick, if you're a little bit tired, if you're a little bit frustrated, tonight I want you to turn all of those things over to Jesus and allow this evening to be a strengthening moment by practicing this one powerful value. So we're gonna have a special evening together. Shall we start with prayer? Dear God and Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that you would be present in our midst tonight. God, that we would feel your love, that we would know your peace, that we would seek your face, and tonight that you would strengthen this value in all of our hearts. Help this, God, not to be a rote discussion, God, but help it to have impact. Help it, God, not to just be a review, but help it to be a revitalization. God, connect our hearts to yours in this moment, in this time. And God, I pray that you would lift every soul here this evening and help them to move forward in the spiritual journey that you have. Help us to rest in you. Help us to have confidence in you. Help us to find our strength in you. Help us to find our salvation in you. And God, tonight, help us to know you a little bit better. In your precious name we pray, amen. So what's the value? What are we talking about? Tonight we say at Branch Life, we value prayer. We like to say, pray first. At the start of every day, pray. At the beginning of any decision, pray first. As you get ready to take that step, pray. Pray in every way, in every day, in every moment. The Bible talks about prayer in terms of it never stopping or never ceasing. 
Prayer is the lifeblood for any Christian, for any church, and for any movement of God. The greatest revivals, the greatest changes have all been founded in powerful and relentless prayer. Our value here, the thing that we want to live out at Branch Life, the thing that we never want to lose is relentless prayer. We want to stay always connected to God because prayer is one of, if not the greatest human privilege we have. It's the greatest human privilege we have. And tonight we want to kind of unpack one of the most famous Bible verses about prayer. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 17. 2 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 17. Now it's not often you're asked to turn to Chronicles. So if you're like, I'm not sure where that is. It's in the first half of the Bible. If you're in Genesis, you haven't gone far enough. If you're in Revelation, you've gone a little bit too far. If you're using one of our Bibles that we have available for you, it's page 364. We have Bibles here in the front and back by the offering boxes. And if you need a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, if you're a guest tonight, please take one and keep one as our gift to you. We'd love for you to have this. And if you're here tonight and you don't have the Bibles that we're using, we happen to be using the ESV, and you need that, again, our gift to you. We want you to have that. If you have a friend that needs a Bible, take it, give it to them, our gift. We want these to go, God's word, to go all over the place. So in Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, we have a pretty well-known verse, but it's actually one of the most misused verses in the Bible. And so tonight I'm couching our brief discussion before we dive into practicing this value with this phrase, this is a promise to them that teaches us about prayer. What we're going to read is a promise to them that teaches us about prayer. And there's some powerful things that we want to learn. So with that in mind, let's read together Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. I don't want us to just travel over this too quickly. We're going to park here tonight And we're going to stay in this verse. So let's read it one more time. There's some intense language and some massive statements in just this verse alone. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now remember our phrase. This is a promise to them that teaches us about prayer. And tonight you need to understand when the statement was made, who the statement was made to, and who the statement was made by. So tonight, understand who the them is. This is a powerful promise. This is covenant language in the Old Testament. And this is spoken by God himself to a man named Solomon. And Solomon was the king of the Israelites. The wisest king who ever lived. Solomon was the guy who gave us the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. That's this guy. God came and showed up to Solomon and spoke this promise to him. And he said, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, who are the my? God is talking specifically about the nation of Israel. 
This was a promise to the king of Israel for the people of Israel. He's actually repeating a promise that was made earlier in the Old Testament. This is just a reminder that God is giving to Solomon. You have to understand the occasion. Solomon had just built the most amazing, the the most expensive, the most elaborate temple to God that had ever been made. It had been a temple that had been predicted. It had been a temple that was talked about. And it's a temple that will keep showing up in all of the Bible. And there's a future place for this temple. It was spectacular. It was unbelievable. And they just had this massive grand opening ceremony for this temple, for God, where God would be represented in amidst the nation of Israel and to the whole world. And Solomon had just had this massive ceremony. They dedicated it to God. God showed up. It was unbelievable. And then just when that got over, Solomon went home and and God appeared to Solomon in a one-on-one conversation and he gave this promise, this reminder. Who is this promise to? This promise is to the Israelites. Now what happens in our culture today is we will often grab a promise or a verse and we'll claim it for ourselves. I'm gonna say this is for me. This is not for me. This is not a, a promise to Americans today. This isn't a promise for healing in America's land or Canada's land or China's land. This was a specific time for a specific person to a specific people. And so this was a promise to them. So be careful, be careful about inserting yourself into it. But I also want you to see the incredible truth that is here. This should be one of your favorite verses in the Bible because it teaches us massive truths about God and massive truths about prayer that are never changing, that will never go away and matter to us today. So in this promise to them, God teaches us some incredible truths about prayer. And tonight, we wanna unpack those things. I wanna give you just real briefly a Bible study tip. I hope that you are Spending time reading God's word for yourself, it's one of the most valuable things you can do in your relationship with God. And when you read the Bible, just remember this tip. Context is key. Context is key. Knowing where the verse is in the Bible, what's happening to it, who, what's being said, when's it being said, why is it being said, what's being done, what, what am I reading, a poem, a history, a letter, what's going on here? Context is key. And so in an Instagram generation, we are pretty spectacular at just grabbing something out of context, ripping it, and putting our own truth into it. We don't just do it with the Bible. We do it with all kinds of events all over the world. Every time you scroll through Instagram, you've become a master at taking things out of context, and usually you get real upset. I can't believe they did that. You don't even know the whole story. So when you're reading the Bible, make sure that you know the whole story. And if you're ever here at Branch Life and we open God's word every night, we care about truth. Remember, we're gonna talk about one verse. If you wanna check out the context, if you wanna read the story before and after the verses and do a little bit of investigating around, just kind of check what we're talking about, I will never be upset by that. Always try to figure out the context. And that's just a little tip. We encourage you to look at God's word, to think about it, and then to do it. Look, think, do. In the look phase, in the look step, understanding the context is an important thing. So that's just a little nugget. Now, here's the first word in the verse, if. If God is saying to Solomon and acknowledging a truth that not everybody is going to do this. This is something that is conditional. It's something that's 
optional. It's something that may or may not take place. And he gives some three powerful if statements at the beginning of this verse. Remember, if my people are called by my name, if they humble themselves, if they pray, and if they seek my face, and if they turn from their wicked ways. So there's three things we can see from this verse. The first thing about prayer is humbleness. Humble people pray, proud people don't. Prayer is our first, is the first step in humility. And I just want you to think about this for a second. How, how could this be true? Humble people pray, pr- proud people don't. The moment you go to prayer is the moment that you acknowledge you need help. It's the moment that you acknowledge that you are unable to handle the day, the situation, the pain by yourself. And when you begin with the word, dear God, you are beginning a new posture of humility. That's why many people kneel when they pray. The posture matches the action. I come humbly before the Lord, knowing that I am the one who is in need of receiving something from the one who has the power and has the ability. Prayer is our first step into humility. But we often forget to pray. Why is that? Why is it that we don't take advantage of prayer more often? Why is it that it just seems to skate by and get through and we just, we just are like, oh, I, I, I'm not that good at, at prayer. I'm not that good at praying. The answer is pride. You see, if you don't pray in a day, it's because you believe you didn't need to. It's because you believe that you could handle the day, whatever comes. When you don't pray first over a decision, it means that you believe, because your actions are showing it, that you have the capability to make the right choice in your own power. You know enough, you've learned enough, you've been through enough, and so you don't need to pray, so I'm just gonna make the choice. The reason we don't pray is because we often think we don't need to pray. That's the definition of prayer. God, I got this. God, I'll get through this. God, I'm, not, I, I don't, I'm just so distracted by it, I didn't even think to acknowledge or ask for or come into your presence to talk this over. But humble people pray. And God knew it. And God knew that the whole nation of Israel would need to be reminded about humility. You guys can't do this on your own. You need me as your king. And the same thing is true for all of us today. The same thing is true for Branch Life Church. We need to be a church that prays. We can't do this. We aren't the ones that are gonna be able to save Pottstown and save the Northeast and save the Philadelphia region and save the world. We don't have the power and the ability and the strength and the smarts and the money. We don't got any of it. What do we do got? We got a God that does. And no matter what you're facing and no matter what you're going through and no matter what day is ahead of you, whether it's a day of massive celebration or a day of massive pain, you get to humble yourself and pray. Thank you, God, for the gifts. Help me, God, with the trials. I'm coming to you in prayer. If my people humble themselves, the second thing he says is if they seek my face. What does that mean? What's it mean to seek somebody's face? You know, the Israelites had no idea what FaceTime was. They weren't able to pull up their phone and go, you know what, I can talk to whoever I want and see them eye to eye all across the world. But God was the inventor of FaceTime and he invented it through prayer. When you seek the face of God, 
Prayer is the first step into the presence of God. Now, don't pass through that. When you pray, you enter the presence of Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of life, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who is, has beauty beyond compare, the most creative being of all time, the most spectacular being of all time, the savior of the world, your friend and your father, you get to enter into his presence. Imagine if the queen said, hey, you can have my personal number. Stop by for tea anytime and don't call ahead. I'm not talking about any queen. I'm talking about Beyonce, right? Could you, could you think about that? If she actually, if you had access to Beyonce at any time, in any space, in any moment, you're, you would tell people. You'd be like, I got Beyonce on speed dial. I can call her whenever I want. Beyonce, like the new song, great stuff, right? She takes my calls. That's just Beyonce. You have the ability to go, walk into the presence of God at any moment, to seek him face to face, to be able to, feel and understand his love. The Bible says to me, come, the Bible says to you, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. When you pray, you enter into the loving arms of your savior. That's what prayer does. Prayer is me seeking the presence of my God. And if I just would humble myself and acknowledge that I don't have the power, I don't have the ability but God does, and now I can walk into his presence. That's prayer. That's prayer. If my people humble themselves, and if they seek my face, we get to participate in the greatest privilege of all humanity. God lets you into his presence. Little old you. Dirty, sinful, foul-mouthed you the one that keeps making mistakes, the one that, that keeps falling down, the one that lets pride come back in, the one that can't handle what all this life is, the one who's not been grateful all the time. You, he lets you into his presence and he longs for it. That's why prayer is the greatest privilege in our human lives. If my people pray. And then he says, turn from their wicked ways. Prayer is the first step of repentance. Prayer is the first step to change. Prayer is the, the thing that we do when we realize something is wrong and it needs to be made right. I, I want to take a moment and allow us to just think about this word repentance. Literally turning from sin or turning from wrong or turning from wickedness. We're all so good at sin and wickedness. How do, we, how do we stop doing the things we don't want to do anymore? How do we get the, the bad out of our lives? How do we overcome the stuff that easily grabs us? Watch this video and think about what the Bible says. About so what does repent 
actually mean. I mean, Jesus talked about repentance a lot. In fact, it was a command of his. He said things like, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And it wasn't only Jesus who talked about it either, but John the Baptist, Peter, the prophet Jeremiah, and many others in the Bible use this word. In fact, depending on the translation you use, the word repent appears in the Bible between 70 and 100 times. Yeah, 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 but what does it mean? Well, there are actually several different Hebrew and Greek words that are used in the Bible and translated as repent. First, we have nacham. Nacham communicates a strong desire to change. This word is translated to repent in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, when talking about God. God is not human that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. The second common Hebrew word for repent is the word shub. No, not shrub, shub. Shub communicates a change of mind, specifically a change of mind towards sin. The prophet Hosea used this word in a poem when describing the relationship between God and his rebellious people. Will they not return to Egypt, and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? And lastly, we have the Greek translation, metanoia. Metanoia is not only a change of mind, but also a change of purpose or change of action. After giving the first ever sermon in the modern church, the hearers ask the apostle Peter what they should do next. And his response in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 is to repent. So what do all three of these words have in common? Well, they're all about change. And at its heart, that's what repentance is all about. It's about a change that occurs within us. But more importantly, it is a change both in how we think and in how we act. Repentance is an all-encompassing change. Let's say you have a bad habit of biting your fingernails. What? <laughs> Never. And let's say, for whatever reason, you changed the way you thought about biting your nails. You realized that it was a bad habit but you still did it anyway. Did anything really change? Did your change in mind actually matter if it didn't result in a change of behavior? Or let's say for whatever reason, you stopped biting your nails, but you didn't really believe that it was a bad habit. You didn't think there was anything rude or wrong about it. Is that an all-encompassing change? Does that sound like a person who is going to stick to the change that they made? Probably not. To repent is not just to say a prayer so we can avoid going to hell. It's not just starting to think about God differently, but still living the exact same way we were living before. To repent is to fully change the direction Direction of our lives. It is a full change in mind, body, and spirit away from sin and toward God. John Piper says that repenting means experiencing a change of mind that now sees God as true and beautiful and worthy of all our praise and all our obedience. So what does repent? So a little quick master class on the word repentance, and here's, here's the response, man. What, what do you do with all this conversation about prayer? What do you do with all these if-then statements? We come to God and we repent. We repent. We seek change, and prayer is the first step in that. Some of you are involved in things that you know you shouldn't be involved in. You do them, 
and you know you shouldn't do them, if you are ready to repent, it starts with prayer. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you realize that you are just a sinful person in need of a Savior, you're ready to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that sin has eroded your relationship with God and your sin problem needs to be solved. It simply starts with prayer. God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus came and he died for me and I want to trust you and invite you into my life to save me. It starts with prayer. If my people will humble themselves, seek my presence and turn from their wicked ways, then, then he makes some powerful promises when we come to God humbly in prayer and seek his presence, and when we turn, what does God have the capability to do? Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. What do we learn about God? God hears prayers. God hears you. God receives them. They don't bounce off of the ceiling. God hears your prayers. If you've prayed to confess sin, God's heard it. If you've prayed for salvation, God heard it and he saved you. If you prayed for help, God is giving it. If you pray for wisdom, God is pouring it out on you. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your soul. God hears your prayers. Don't ever believe the lie that God didn't hear you. God forgives your sin. There is nothing so bad. There's no life so dirty. There's nothing so wrong that God can't forgive. For God so loved the world and all of its dirtiness that he gave his son that whosoever, no matter what they've done, believes in him, won't perish but have everlasting life. If you're here tonight and you say, God can't save me, God won't save me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the choices I've made. You don't know what's happened in my life. I want to say to you right now, God loves you so much that he gave his son for you. There is nothing that will stop him from forgiving your sins and saving your soul. Don't make that excuse. God forgives sins. And the third thing we learn about prayer is that prayer is powerful because God is powerful. I will heal their land, he said. Just think about that promise. God has the power to heal their land. And this may not be a promise to our land in our time, but if God wanted to, he could heal our land. So let's pray for it. God said, if you want that mountain to move, have a little faith and I can move that mountain. God has the ability to do anything that we ask him to do. In his wisdom, he is the one who answers the prayers the way that he wants to answer them. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is the most life-changing value that we can live out because the God that we pray to is powerful and can do anything. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're feeling, whatever you need, even if it's just a little extra sleep, God can give it to you. But if it's an amazing miracle that you couldn't even comprehend, God can give that to you too. So we go to him in prayer and we pray first. Last week, we talked about Luke chapter 14 and the great banquet. One of the things that we said in their talk last week, and if you didn't hear it, jump onto the website and, and listen to it. 
I think it'll be encouraging to you. But as we introduced the series, we said, hey, here's a great piece of advice. If every Christian could just follow this one piece of advice, this one kind of understanding about church, then it would transform our church. It would transform our region. It would transform our world. Just don't come to church alone. Don't allow yourself to come to church alone. Do whatever it takes. Go to the highways and byways and invite people, compel people to come in, invite people to come into a relationship with God, invite people to be a part of your group, invite people to get into a conversation about the gospel, invite people into salvation, invite people into your church. Just don't come to church alone. You may be sitting there, that's hard. Sometimes I barely get to church myself. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. Josh, it's great advice, but that's, that's just unreasonable. That's just illogical. Come on, man, I I come to church for me. Listen, I just talked about a God who can do anything. And if you want to have a conversation with God and say, God, don't let me come to church alone. Does God have the ability to answer that prayer? You do not have the power to follow this initiative by yourself. You can't do it. I've tried week after week after week after week, and I often come to church alone, right? It's not me that has the power, but God does. And if I seek, if I humble myself and I seek his face and I turn from my wicked ways, God can do anything we ask him to do. So are you like, you know what? I would love to see friends, family, people I know and love come to Jesus. I would love for them to come to church with me. I think that would be the greatest thing ever. Let's start praying about it. Let's pray first every way and every day. And maybe you will be able to be that person that sees someone you know and love Get baptized. Their eternity changed forever. Believe in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and turn to, towards God away from sin. An eternity forever. Is that something worth praying for? Let me just stop and give you a commercial. If you're a follower of Jesus and you have not yet been baptized, it's time. Don't be embarrassed. Don't wait. Don't make one more excuse. Tomorrow, uh, next Sunday, October 20th, we're baptizing people. And if you're saved, you're next. So what you have to do tonight, this is not a negotiation, is you need to walk out to that table in the back and see Scott and Brooke and say, Pastor Josh told me I have to sign up to get baptized, so I'm going to do it. And it's going to be one of the best decisions you've ever made, short of accepting Jesus as your Savior because we will get to celebrate what God has done in your life and changed your eternity. The prayers that God has answered for you. We celebrate baptisms here at Branch Life. We love multiplication. And if you've become a follower of Jesus, it's time for you to get baptized. And then God can take your story and who knows what he's gonna do with it. I'm too nervous to talk in front of people. You don't have to. We're gonna do a video and you'll just be you and a camera and one nice person. And then that will speak for you and all you gotta do is get wet. So it's time. If you're listening online and you wanna get baptized, sign up online, go to the website, go to the Get Baptized card and let us know. We'd love to have you do that. And we'd love for you to be able to stand next to someone who gets baptized. This is the end of our talk tonight. We're gonna start doing some praying. But I've got more to say, believe it or not. So tomorrow night at nine o'clock, we're gonna talk about prayer. We're gonna talk about five ways to pray more. Prayer is so hard. Why is it so hard? Let's talk about five ways that we can do it together. Join us online. And tonight, we wanna again encourage you before the end of this evening to fill out some information on the card. Fill out some prayer requests that you might have. After the service, we're gonna have some prayer counselors up here in the front. You can spend some more time praying with them. But what will you do this week to strengthen your prayer life? And what will, if, if you could ask God, for one thing, 
knowing that he hears you, knowing that he loves you, and knowing that he has the power to solve this, this one thing, what would you ask him for? And let's take it to God in prayer. Maybe it's the salvation of your own soul. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to accept Jesus as your personal savior. You need to believe. Tonight I wanna invite you in the quietness of this moment to tell God you know you're a sinner, you believe Jesus died on the cross and that you wanna trust him for your salvation. And if you do that, please let us know on the card. Let us know. And there's all, obviously the other ways that you can follow up on there. We wanna do something a little bit special and then uh, spend some more time in prayer. I've asked the other pastors that are part of Branch Life to come and join me. So if you guys could come up, Pastor Bill, Pastor Scott, and Pastor Corey, we're gonna talk about some practical questions about prayer and we're gonna let these guys answer them. And uh, if you need to, when it's your turn to speak, uh, Corey's got the mic, you guys will just pass that to each other. We're gonna look at these questions. You'll see them up here behind them and hopefully you'll get some practical advice if we have time uh, and you have an answer to one of these questions, I may come down to the gallery and uh, get some answers to these. So like, if you're like, I got an answer to that, uh, this is a pretty cool question. And uh, this is a question in your small group this next week. If you want to have a conversation starter, ask this question. And the question is, when have you seen God answer a specific prayer? Pastors, any of you can answer any of the questions that you want, but I'll direct this one specifically to Corey. We'll put him on the spot to this. Uh, so, Corey, when have you seen God answer a specific prayer? Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to stand up because I can't talk and sit down. Uh, this is a difficult uh, topic because a lot of times, um, especially with the way that we are brought up and the way that we have conversation with one another, is that if someone, if you don't get an audible answer from someone, you're being ignored or they didn't hear you or they don't like you, so they're not answering you, right? And maybe we've even done this on the reverse. Like, you've heard a question, or you've heard something, and you're just like, I don't feel like answering that. So you just don't. And sometimes what happens, I think, is if it, when we have conversations with God, there, there's this issue where we, ex, we maybe not expect an audible answer, but we don't see the answer that we wanted, or we don't see an answer right away. And so what that translates to us sometimes as is we are being ignored, or God didn't hear me, or he's not listening, he's not answering and the, the thing that I think is so important, especially with this topic, is that we, we kind of change the way that we're asking. And instead of asking for what we want, we ask for what's best. And so when we step out of that and say, what do, what do I want? Well, we ask a lot for things that we want, right? But when we start asking for what's best, it changes the dynamic. And so thinking about how we've seen this how I've seen this answer to prayer happen. Some of you know my story very, very briefly. My mom passed away almost 10 years ago from cancer. And so as she was walking through that, we, we prayed for her to get better, and she didn't. So the issue, the question is, right, did I pray that she would get better and God ignored me? Did I pray that she would get better and God just didn't answer me? Was he not listening? Did he not hear me? But I was also praying for what was best. And so here's what happened, right? She passed away. She got to go to heaven. Ultimately, that's awesome, right, for her. But go down the road. So my dad gets remarried. I gained two stepbrothers. One of them was getting married a few years ago. One's getting married next week. But I got to do the wedding for the one that got married a few years ago. As a part of them doing, like me officiating their wedding, I go through premarital counseling. Part of that premarital counseling was me making sure that they knew and understood the gospel. I got to lead my stepsister-in-law to Jesus. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? He didn't answer it the way that I, I wanted. 
But did he answer it the way that was best? Yes. And God always will do good things with what we ask him. It just may not be what we want. It might just be what's best. Thank you, Corey. And and you've probably seen some specific answers to prayer. How many of you have seen God answer a prayer specifically in your life? Asked and answered. Maybe not the way you wanted, but he answered it. You got to tell someone that story before you leave tonight. All right. Second question. And uh, how do you make sure to pray every day? So if prayer is a thing that we need to do every day, let's throw this one to Pastor Bill. Uh, how would you answer this question? I don't, I'm often struggle to pray every day. How could I do that? Good habits are not easy to start, but they're very easy to stop. One time someone said to me, do you love Jesus? Oh, I love Jesus. When was the last time you told him? Uh, let me think about that for a while. You know, if you love somebody, you'll talk to them. That changed my life. 1965. And I realized my favorite statement is life is choices. Choices have consequences. Make the right choices. I moved on to seminary. My seminary class was called Spiritual Life. The seminary professor said, I want you to read this book called The Power of through prayer by a person by the name of Bounds. And I sat in my bedroom that night reading the book. I said, that's the choice I need to make. I need to make the choice to meet God daily. It wasn't long until I was a pastor. And being a pastor, not only do I have responsibility for myself, my wife and my kids, but now a church congregation. And I started to think about how could I, every day, pray? So as I was thinking about it, I started to write down names of people. Monday so many, Tuesday so many, Wednesday so many, etc., etc., etc. And as a result of that, my responsibility to pray expanded incredibly. Because all the people I had the privilege to pray for. Even to this day, I have those lists. Even to this day, I pray for people by name, individually. That I can talk to God, make the choice, and let God do the rest. The last couple months, I met a family of six people. Began praying for them every day. I didn't know it, but one of them, named Ann, knew Christ as her personal Savior. It wasn't long till Chuck just trusted Christ as his personal Savior. Then he introduced me to a, a daughter named Jill. About five Friday nights ago, I met with Jill at her dad's house, and she told me that she had just trusted Christ as her Savior. Amen. I'm praying for Todd. I'm praying for Lee so that they sometime will come to know Christ as Savior. And so the habit of doing it is a hard habit to start. It's an easy habit to stop. And the individual said to me years ago, if you love your wife, you're going to tell her you're going to love your wife. I wasn't married at that particular time. 
that I've gone through a long time with my wife, and often I tell her I love her, and I talk to her a lot. And I've learned that a good way to start in the morning, shake off the cobwebs, change some clothes, and sit down, Lord, I love you. I'm going to speak to you now. And I know that everything that's going to happen in my life today, you know ahead of time, and you know how to handle it. Lord, I need you today. And that's how I determined daily to meet God. We want to help you with this, and, and we want to resource each other. So talk about this in your small groups. Tomorrow on the Facebook Live, we'll talk about five ways, tips to help you pray every day. We also, uh, Pastor Bill has in his hand our, our Pray First booklets. We have a great problem. We've run out of these booklets. So we have more on the way. So I think by next week, we'll have several hundred more of these prayer booklets. You can get them, and they can guide you in prayer every day, Monday through Sunday. And it can be just a tool that you use to get this habit cemented into your life. Let's jump to the next question. And uh, this one will go to Pastor Scott. Do you have any advice about how to pray? Sometimes we go to pray, and we get there, and we're like 30 seconds in, and then we're done. So how do we do it? Yeah, I think... uh one of the things uh, that's really become impactful for me over the last couple of years has, has, has been learning how to, to more uh, consistently use the Lord's Prayer as a template uh, for, for prayer. And our, our prayer guide here has that in there. And, and it just helps you think through things. You know, I, I memorized it as a kid. Maybe some of us went to churches where you say our fathers and, and, and all of that. And you can say, yeah, I don't know if that's really a good thing. Um, it just becomes kind of rote and commonplace. But really, when you think through the different phrases that are in that prayer, um, it, it really expands and, and helps you know how to pray for circumstances, how to pray for people, um, and, and how to think through it. And, and so that's a great place to start. Uh, I'm a dad. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and the, the five-year-old's got more energy than, you know, I can know what to do with. And so another thing that's really helpful is just to like, when things happen and you, you say you'll pray for them, like do it then. Um, so before the service, I was talking with somebody and, and say, hey, can we, can we pray now? Because um, my son might jump off the steps and, you know, crack his head and I might forget. But, but to do it now uh, in the moment and, uh, and, and continue that on. So those would just be a couple of things. Good. We love to keep this conversation going. We appreciate these guys. You don't get to see them very often, but they have all done an incredible amount of work every week, every Sunday uh, over the last year to help us get Branch Life started. It's Pastor Appreciation Month, so let's show them our appreciation as they come back down from the platform. Thanks, guys. There are lots of things that you can do, so uh, continue this conversation. But what we want to do is we want to just spend some time praying. We're going to break our prayer time tonight into four parts. And, uh, and some of these will be just for yourself. Some of these will be as a group together. And some of these will lead you in prayer. Uh, but the first thing we want to do is we want to pray, pray for missions. There is, a, there is missions. Missions simply means giving the gospel to other people. And your backyard is a mission field, but so are other countries. And uh, we believe that God wants to use all of us to help reach the nations for the Lord Jesus Christ, the United, United States of America and all the nations in this world. And there are several of us that are participating in some mission projects, specifically over the next month. So if you are participating in some kind of a missions trip, 
uh, some kinds of missions project, I want to invite you to come up here to the front, and we want to pray over you as you get ready to go. Uh, Pastor Bill and Betty Jean are heading out this week down to uh, Argentina. They're going to be down there for two weeks with 20-ish people doing some missions projects at camps. Come right to the front, guys. Jared and Tyler and Brad are are going to Santiago, Chile, where they're going to be involved in several work projects. And uh, they are leaving uh, next Monday, right? And you'll go down for a little bit over a week. God has provided the funds needed for all of these. Jeff and Deb aren't here tonight, but uh, they are going to the Dominican Republic this month where they're going to be doing some specific missions projects. Uh, So let's just take a moment and pray over these guys. God, we pray for these teams that are headed out. we continue to pray for those that you've already sent from our midst, uh, whether it's because they're going to school somewhere or they're called on a missions trip or they're in training. They're going to go be a part of projects. And God, we pray that you give uh, these family members safety as they travel and as they work. God, keep them healthy and strong in a different environment where, where they're just in a different place in a different uh, uh, eating different things, Lord, and drinking different things. Keep them healthy and strong as they go to different climates. And God, we pray that you would help them to just uh, do the work that you're calling them to do in these fields. That they would be an encouragement to those that they connect. They would clearly share the gospel with people uh, as they have opportunities. And God, that you would allow them to work with their hands uh, on the projects that need to get done that will help the different ministries and the different programs that they're going to be a part of. We pray for the camps that they're connecting to, for the churches they'll be supporting, for the schools that they'll be um, connecting with. And God, we pray that when they come back, we'll be able to celebrate some pretty awesome God stories for what they've done. Thank you for the financial blessings that you've given that have enabled each of these uh, to go on these trips and and to give of their time and their money and their their, um, talents to do what you're calling them to do. So God, we pray for these and for Jeff and Deb as well. And God, we pray that you do a great and mighty work around the world as these are sent out uh, in your name. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys. We want to let you have some moments to pray for each other. So right around you, there are people, and every single one of those people have a story. They have a need. Uh, They have something that, that they would like God to do. You can do one of two things during the next couple of minutes. You can have a conversation and pray through that conversation with someone near you, or you can just quietly pray for the people around you, even if you don't know their name. Just pray for the person in front of me, the person behind me. So if you want to put your head together with somebody and pray for each other during this time, you can do that. If you want to just pray quietly in this moment, if you want to travel and connect with somebody across the room, you feel led to go pray with a certain person, you're free to do that as well. We're going to give you about a minute or two minutes here just to pray for each other. So let's go to prayer.
As we continue to pray, there's nothing extra powerful about this, but it's a special gesture. If you would just raise your hand up over the crowd and just extend it out, representing the, the prayers that we're praying are covering these people and covering this church. God, we, we pray for Branch Life Church. We pray for the members of it, Lord. We pray for the visitors uh, that connect with us, uh, that are our friends and our neighbors. We pray for our, uh, those that are being adopted into this church, God, that you're sending now and in the future to be a part. God, we pray for protection over these people. We pray for encouragement, God. We pray that you would uh, be their power and be their peace and give them wisdom and allow them to rest in you. Help us to always be a church that depends on prayer. God, move in a powerful way in all of our lives. Help us to strengthen our connection to you and use us to reach our world. We pray the, these things over each other. In your precious name we pray, amen. We wanna pray over our town. We wanna ask some of you to represent our town. We have Wendy here from the Genesis Pregnancy Center. I wanna invite Wendy to come on up. Um, Wendy was telling me some great stories just from this week about how God is using them to help families, to help pregnancies, to help babies. And uh, Wendy, I'm just gonna have you come and just stand in the front here. We won't have time to have a conversation. I'd like to ask those of you that are part of the schools in the area, whether you're a teacher in one of the school districts or an administrator uh, or a volunteer, for those of you that uh, it, it can be Pottstown, ONJ, Pottsgrove, Daniel Boone, if you're a part of uh, Coventry Christian, if you're a part of uh, Westmont, I wanna invite you guys forward. I know that we have some of you here. I wanna invite Will and any other first responders that we have, police officers that are a part of our town, if you guys would come on up now at this time. I've asked Pastor Scott just to pray over you. And guys, thank you for representing uh, our community and parts of our communities. And Wendy, thank you for everything that the Genesis Pregnancy Center does uh, for Pottstown. And, and we, we think it's a privilege to be able to pray for each of you and what you do and what you represent. So Pastor Scott, will you lead us in this time? Lord, we are grateful that you're in heaven and that you are a great God who is all-powerful, who can accomplish anything. And God, we are thankful that you know us, that you know Pottstown, that you know all, all the people that, that, that live in, in Pottstown, and you don't just know them, but you, you love them. God, we pray for, for your will to be done here in Pottstown. Uh, that your righteousness, that your love, that your peace, that your mercy would so characterize uh, our community and especially these people that are here tonight, that you would allow them to live out your will in the lives of the people that they're interacting with and, and serving through their, their positions. Uh, God, uh, we pray <laughs> uh, Jesus coming back would, would fix it all and, and we, we ask uh, for that, we long for that uh, that he would fix all the things <laughs> that, that, that we can't God I pray that you would provide for each of these people that you would provide them protection that you would give them strength for each day, that you'd give them wisdom to know how to interact and, and what to say and, and when to be bold for you. 
God, we, we pray that, that you would give them what they need to, to thrive as your servants. God, we pray that you would protect them, that you would keep them from harm, that you would keep them from evil, that you would keep them from false accusations, that you would protect their testimony, that they would remain in you. God, we look to you in all these things. God, help us to extend your forgiveness and your grace. Help us to turn to it quickly when we fall short. God, we pray for these people, for Westmont, for for the police officers, for the Hill School, for, for Genesis Pregnancy Center. God, there are so many broken people and broken lives that they'll have an opportunity to touch. And we pray that your gospel would be made known through all of these people and that we could rejoice in new brothers and sisters. God, thank you. We love you and thank you that you love Pottstown. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. And we want to let you know that if you want to help with the Genesis Pregnancy Center, you can follow them on Facebook, become friends with them. They often put things that they need online, uh, formula or supplies, and uh, we can be a part of blessing them in that way. Lastly, this is something we've been emphasizing at Branch Life. We believe God has called us here to reach people for Jesus. We've been asking you the question, who's your one? As we encourage each other to pray, invest, invite in other people, we, we want to be every day praying for people that we know by name to come to Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to invest in, we want to love people. We want to love them no matter what decision they make about Jesus. And we want to invite them with the gospel to a relationship with Jesus, to the church. And tonight you may be out there hoping that God uses you. Let's put some power behind that hope. And tonight I, I want you to ask God to show you the name of one person, one person that tonight you can pray for. And ask God to show you not only that name, ask God to show you what to do, how to connect with that one person this week, how to invest in them. Maybe it's just a blessing or an act of kindness. Maybe it's some words. Maybe it's a lunch invitation. I don't want to speak for the Holy Spirit. But ask God to show you how to show him to that name that he brings to your mind. And then ask that God would draw that person to yourself and that someday, someday soon, that, that person would follow in believer's baptism, become a part of the family of God. So will you spend time quietly praying for one, one person to come to Jesus by name?